Hello and welcome back to the Varsity Link Coach's Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Back talking Shore Conference football, going around the Shore, hitting different programs, speaking to coaches, players, uh, and getting inside uh, some of the programs in the Shore Conference each and every week. Bob Batters here, joined by Scott Stump, and we've got some exciting guests today. Uh, we'll be joined by three head coaches, all of which have uh, have guided their teams to undefeated records through the first few weeks. Uh, first, we'll talk to Manchester head coach Tommy Farrell of the 3-0 and Hawks. Uh, really off to a great start for the first time, uh, the best start, <clears throat> excuse me, in over two decades. Uh, we'll be joined in studio by Holmdel head coach Jeff Rainis, uh, who's right down the road uh, from a podcast studio here in Bellworks. And then we'll talk to Brick head coach Len Zidanowitz, the Dragons 3-0, and playing some great defense. So we'll talk to him, go inside their program, see what's clicking um, and just kind of touch on those teams and highlight those three programs as we get set for week three. Uh, and I'll bring in Scott here as we recap just the just one game from the uh, the week two slate. If you're looking for more of the game recaps, you can check out our other podcast, the uh, Short Football Report, Short Conference Podcast, uh, where we go through each and every game, get into detail about them, really kind of break down the finer points. So if you're looking for that, head there. This is more about some coach and player interviews and really just diving deep uh, into one, two, or three programs. Uh, you know, you, you go back to that week two, and you know, the one game stands out amongst the others, and that was number one, Tom's River North, going into Borden Stadium and coming away with a 42-21 to 21 victory over number three, Rumson Fairhaven. And, you know, that was a matchup that when you saw the schedule came out early in the season, you circled that one, test for Tom's River North, First big in-conference test they've really had, you know, in over two years, really, at least, you know, since the 2021 season. And, you know, I was there and they passed it with flying colors. Yeah. And I think the other thing is their resilience is what really stood out. I mean, Rumson scores a 92-yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage in the game. That is crazy. You know, especially they get their home crowd into it. They're going nuts. I mean, that's where the big game experience of Tom's River North comes in, right? They've played in state championships. They've played in any kind of big game you can possibly imagine. Uh, so for them to just take that shot right off the bat and then answer it immediately, uh, and then again later in the game, Rumson closes the gap to one touchdown, and again they respond. Obviously it helps to have Michael Ford. He's pretty good last <laughs> time I checked. 396 combined yards between rushing and passing. All six Tom's are with touchdowns. You know, he's – and we, we touched on this uh, in our other podcast. You know, he is on his way to becoming an all-time great in the history of short conference football. Still a lot left to be written, uh, you know, in his story for his senior season. But, yeah, just an incredible game. Another incredible game by Micah Ford. You know, for the last two, you know, plus three weeks, you know, he, two years plus three weeks of this season, he's done that pretty much every single week. Yeah, he rises to the occasion. I mean, I, it's it's uncanny how every big game they have, he plays his best. Uh, I mean, Stanford's definitely getting a good one uh, in Michael Ford. And we talked before the season about how Tom's River North's schedule had dramatically ramped up, right? You mm -hmm. know, last year they kind of rolled over their division, the Colonial Division. They get moved up to the American Division. But the wins just keep on coming and by significant margins. I mean, Rumson was a Group 2 finalist last year. They're also a state-ranked team, another one of the best public school teams in New Jersey. And they take care of them by three touchdowns on the road. And then now – Yet another game in the gauntlet coming up this week, another huge one against Donovan Catholic, which to me is an almost even bigger rival because it's just right down the street. Yeah, it's the big games do not stop in the American division. 
it's really, you know, no rest for the weary. Okay, you got a big win? Cool. Like, you can enjoy it right. for about 10 minutes before you have to start preparing for another juggernaut team. Not just a, you know, a, a team that's in the top five in the shore, but in some instances, a team that's in the top 20 in the state. So, it's a juggernaut division. If you get through that um, in good shape, you're going to be set up for the playoffs. And if you, any of those teams get through undefeated, you know, like RBC did last year, it's a pretty big accomplishment. So, with North... A tremendous win. Uh, we talked about the resiliency. That's really what stood out to me. You know, they were down early. They scored the next four touchdowns. Rumson, which y- you got to expect they're going to do. They're going to battle. They came back off a turnover, cut it to 28-21 early in the third. And Tom's Rump did the same thing again. Nope. We're just going to score, you know, two final TDs and, and put this one away. So another impressive win for Tom's River North. And, you know, now they move on for another big challenge. And they're just so explosive, too. It's you feel like you're stopping them or slowing them down, and then 81 yard touchdown, 63 yard bomb. You know, like you feel like you can gain confidence against them, getting a couple stops on a few plays, and they could be all the way on their back end of the field, and then boom, like they just knock the wind out of you. Because the other thing is, there's just too many good guys to cover everybody. You have to make decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're selling out to go to the line of scrimmage to try to stop Ford running the ball, he can throw it over your head. They have plenty of guys who can get behind your secondary. Like, I I just – I don't know what the game plan is to beat them. And I give a lot of credit to Dave Oserwitz and that staff because mm-hmm. they have had the pressure on them since yes. day one. You know, top-ranked public school in the state, much harder schedule this year. And, you know, I remember years ago talking to Steve Antonucci, the Middletown South coach, mm-hmm. when they had no Sean Moreno and they had Nick Macaluso. And he used to say, I used to stay up at night thinking, I can't screw this up. Mm-hmm. You know, like – we have to win every game because people think when you have that kind of talent, you shouldn't lose. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. especially playing the schedule that Tom's River North is playing right now. So I give a lot of credit to that staff for keeping those guys motivated and, you know, on edge. That's the other thing. That team plays like with yeah, an edge. They do. They, they absolutely do. They have a lot of really good intangible qualities. And Oz talked about that after the Rumson win. His biggest thing was like, they have so many skill players and no one's ever like, well, give me the ball, give me the ball. They just want to win, and you see it in a game like that. Like he can say that, and of course we believe him. But you you saw it play out on that field. Like they dug deep when they needed to, um, and really just let their talent shine. And actually, a little bit of breaking news from today, yes. as far as their big uh, junior recruit offensive lineman Jalen Matthews. Yes, decommitted from Penn State, which happened about you know, like 20, 25 minutes ago. Right now, when we're recording, so. Uh, happened on Tuesday. So Matthews has a ton of FBS offers, you know, so he opened up his recruitment again, as they say. So we'll see where he lands. You know, still only a junior. So he's got a lot of time to make his decision and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. And it's especially interesting because just a week earlier, he had been out to Penn state mm-hmm. on a visit uh, for their season opening game against West Virginia, where they looked great. You know, Drew Aller, their quarterback is great. You know, Michael Thomas, the third from Donovan Catholic was also out there on a visit. Uh, in his message on uh, Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days, you know, he basically just said to res- please respect my privacy at this time. You know, we just feel I just feel at this time with my family that we want to reopen our recruitment and see what else is out there. And there are instances of players recommitting to the same school. Yes. Um, I mean, you don't know what that could be from. And it's just all speculation. Did he get another offer from another school that he really mm-hmm. wanted? Is someone else coming in strong from another top program in the nation because this is a guy getting recruited by everyone under the sun. Um, but we won't really know until he decides to announce, you know, yeah. whatever his next decision is. But yeah, that uh, 
that's a big development because, yeah, for Penn State, that was a huge commitment given that he's one of the top offensive line recruits in the Northeast and also a tremendous defensive line. Yes. Yeah, that's a, it's a big one. He, he's a rival's top 100 recruit, so he's going to have a lot of options. You never know. Maybe he went on the visit to Penn State and said, you know what, this place isn't for me. Like, that's entirely possible. I think the assumption is you go visit and you fall in love with it. Right. That doesn't always happen. So right. we'll see what the future holds for Jalen Matthews in terms of his college recruitment. Just want to run down real quick the list of some of the other big ranked uh, games. Number five, Middletown South pulling a wild one out. 35-29 over Wall. Eagles scored two touchdowns in the final three minutes, the second of which was a 43-yard pick six by senior D-back Owen Richter. Uh, and that was, you know, came off a blitz, tipped the pass to himself, returned it, went in for the touchdown, uh, and Middletown South survives. A heartbreaking loss for Wall, but a big one for Middletown South as it has a bye, tries to get healthy. Um, number seven, Jackson Memorial, tidy 21-0 shutout of Lacey. Number eight, Manalapin, a big win. Uh, 33-6 over then number eight, Long Branch. You had Marlboro, which now moved up to number 10, a 31-0 shutout of Southern Regional. Brick Memorial took care of business, 49-14 over Barnegat, moved up one spot to number 11. Middletown North, 14-12 over Howell. The Lions move up a spot. Um, and then we mentioned Wall, uh, which stays at number 15, just some tough losses. But the Crimson Knights, to me, they're still a rankable team. It's just when you have that kind of schedule, uh, the margin of error is really slim. So the Knights fall to one and two. Uh, and then a couple new teams in the rankings in Brick and Friel Township. You can head to the website, uh, check out the uh, Shore Conference Football Shore 16 uh, on the you know, the bios on all those teams. So that was really the, the main games from week two. Uh, we'll touch on the big ones for week three towards the end here. Uh, but we're going to get into our, our coach interviews coming up. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll talk some Manchester Hawks football with second year head coach, Tommy Farrell. You are watching and listening to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. We're back on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner, talking short conference football, heading into week three of the season. And right now we're joined by Manchester Township second-year head coach Tommy Farrell. The Hawks coming off a, a big 41-13 over uh, 31-41-13 victory, excuse me, over Point Pleasant Beach. Improved to 3-0 for the first time in over 20 years. So the Hawks are flying high. But talking to Tommy these last couple of days, I know what your message to your team has been, and I'm sure it has been to forget about those first three wins. So, first of all, thanks for joining us. I know you guys are excited about three and zero, but what is the main message been to your team? Uh, you know, since you got that win uh, over Point Beach. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bob. I mean, the message stays the same. You know, the the focus now is that we're in division play, so every week counts more and more. Um, right now, you know, we're we're focused on Keensburg. Um, 
kind of going to call out my team right now. Not really happy with how we've practiced this week. Um, I'm here to make your interview because I threw the kids off the field today. Um, so we got to really clean it up and we got to, you know, we got to focus in on, on everything, all three phases of football. If we want to, you know, show out on uh, on senior night this Friday night uh, against Keensburg, you know, they're a very athletic football team. Uh, Coach Reed is doing good things up there in Keensburg and, you know, we're not going to take any team lightly. Um, and we certainly have to clean up. We haven't played a, you know, we haven't played a near perfect football game this season. Um, so we're definitely, that's the message right now. And Tommy, good to talk to you. Um, I think a big thing, you're already halfway to the single season wins record for Manchester. We're only in the second week of September here. I know you're, like you said, you're trying to keep your team focused and everything, but that's got to be generating just a lot of enthusiasm and excitement in the school, which I know has been a big you know, aim of yours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, these kids at Manchester, they, they deserve to win. They, they deserve to have, you know, the publicity and the hype. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, right now we're focused on Keensburg, but to go going off of what you just said. Yeah. I mean, we do we have the opportunity to go 4-0 for the first time in school history? We absolutely do. We have the first, you know, do we have a chance to be a division champion for the first time in school history? We absolutely do. Um, but that's our focus right now is, you know, is not beating ourselves and, the last, you know, the special teams we have to clean up, penalties we have to clean up. Um, so we're definitely not focused on, you know, a, a wins record at Manchester right now. And do you feel like you have something to prove? And again, I hate to be the guy raining on the parade, but <laughs> the three and zero is against three teams that are combined zero and nine. So I think is the thing still for the kids? Like I, I think we need to convert some more people into believers here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and nothing against the, the, the opponents that we played. I mean, North Plainfield is in a pretty tough division up north. Um, Barnegat is in a very tough division. They're a very good football team. You know, Cole Toddings and Coach Covine um, are doing great things down there. And and Coach Zacone at Point Beach was was one of my high school coaches at Donovan. Um, and they're probably going to be the best coach team that we see all season. Um, but yeah, look, we, we got to we're going to see a very athletic team in Keensburg and we just got to take it one game at a time. We don't really look at we don't really look in the past unless we have to clean up certain things. Um, but, you know, we just we just got to take it one week at a time. And the message to the kids is that, you know, each game throughout the season, you're going to see a better team than the last one because each team is going to improve from week to week. So that's the message right now. You know, Tommy, your your football journey to get to being the head coach at Manchester. And you played at Donovan Catholic, as you said. Played collegially at Stonehill, right? Correct there? Yes. Yep. Stonehill, an assistant at Parsippany and then Shore Regional uh, before you got the head coaching job at Manchester. Yeah. And after uh, and right before Parsippany, I was with Coach Fence at New Egypt for two okay. years. So, so um, you yeah. were one of us, a media guy there yes, for a little bit. Yes, that's in the true. Yeah, I was like a freelance guy during one of the All Shore games. That was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's been a not a long road, but, you know, you, you've, you've bounced around a couple places looking for your first head coaching job. You have it now in your second season. You know, I can see how you've really – kind of just ingrained yourself into that community. Um, and you're really trying to be not just the coach of the high school team, but a big part of the community. Tell us how much that means to you and what kind of impact you feel like that can have on the entire program, not just the high school level, but all down through the youth level as well. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. Like, I mean, it wasn't cool when the kids trick or treated at my house and stole all my candy because I live in town, but to live in town uh, in the, in the town that you're a head coach in, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, when we go to, um, you know, a local restaurant after the games, you get a standing ovation. When I come home, you know, some of the neighbors are like honking their horns in Pine Lake. It's really cool. Um, so to be a head coach in the town that I live in is awesome from a community aspect. I always tell, you know, other coaches I talk to, the players should think you went to the high school that you're coaching at. 
So the player, if, if I didn't tell the kids or tell you guys, or if you didn't say that I went to Donovan, they would think I went to Manchester um, just because I have so much pride in the school. I have so much pride in the township. I have so much pride in the AYF. I have only Manchester football clothes. Sorry, Coach Duddy. My Donovan stuff is in the <laughs> attic. Um, my B South shirt's in the attic. But, you know, unless I say something about Donovan, that you would think I went to Manchester because I have so much pride and so much belief in the school. And I think it just starts with that positive energy and just positive speak about, you know, wh what you're repping. And, and piggybacking on that a little bit, um, you know, the coaching staff that you've put together, you know, you have Gerard O'Donnell, former Manchester head coach, um, mm -hmm. you know, has been on staff with you for a couple of years. You have Lamar Davenport, who was a star at Asbury Park and at Monmouth uh, University, was the head coach at Asbury Park last season. You know, some other, you know, really integral pieces of your coaching staff. Just tell us about that and, and how it all came together where you feel like you really have a good group to, you know, to guide the team in, in the vision that you have. Yeah, I mean, my staff, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without my staff. I have, I have 11 assistants, uh, four of them being volunteers, um, and all four of those volunteers are Manchester alumni. Um, so right there off the gate, you want to see, you want to get alumni in, you know, quick, quick phone call, um, quick background from other teachers in the school. This guy's good. Um, you know, so th that that's huge. Having my uncle Gerard on, on staff as my defensive coordinator. Um, he's been it. He's the winningest head coach at Manchester. He's done it before um, to lean on him for things that really aren't X's and O's. You know, how would I handle this situation or how do I handle this issue or this, that and the third? Uh, it's huge. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to do my job without him. Lamar Davenport. Um, the kids absolutely love Lamar Davenport. He's huge for us. Um, he's, 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 he's taken on the D-backs in, in a huge way. Uh, and then Bob Masseri, who's been a former head coach everywhere under the sun, uh, who lives in Hollyoaks in Manchester, is also a, a huge addition. My dad's head coach. Um, and you know, my dad's in my ear too, every day telling, <laughs> telling me plays to run and schemes to run. I heard, he, I saw him <laughs> recently and oh, he told me about the extra down in the game and you're trying to oh. tell him, Hey, they got a fifth down. You turn around to dad, get off the field. You're going to throw him off the field. I thought he was going to get a flag. First of all, look, he's not board approved to be on my sideline. So I don't know why he's getting on the side. No, that's look, I, I wouldn't be where my dad is, but superintendent, you can just kind of do what you want. Well, his, his argument is I don't need to be board approved. I run boards. So yes. uh, you can't really say anything okay. to that. Uh, it's all love with me and my dad, but you know, sometimes look when you're texting me on a Thursday night, what I, what he thinks I should run the, the haze in the barn already like that. I'm not reading this text message right now. Like we just had pasta dinner. We just had our walkthrough. Um, but another quick, another shout out on my staff is Jeff Brown. Uh, Jeff Brown is my offensive coordinator, played at Jackson Memorial, coached at Jackson Memorial. Um, he's, you know, he's doing great things with the offense. I think if I'm not wrong, we have the most points in the shore right now. Um, so that's a testament to him. Um, and Alex Lund, my special teams coordinator, he's an, he's a Manchester alumni. It's just, I, I wouldn't be able to do this without my staff. Um, and it's just, it, it's a testament to the staff, to the parents, to the community, to the players. Three and O's great. The kids deserve the win. The kids deserve the hype. Um, but we're definitely, you know, not uh, where we want to be just yet. Speaking of all of those points, we got to talk about Josh Love. I mean, he's already got your, your I think he's all of them. He's already got, yeah, double digit touchdowns mm -hmm. in three games. He had over mm -hmm. 200 yards rushing and four TDs in the first half against Point Beach. It's pretty good. How has he made that leap from, you know, a good, solid running back in the shore to like a star? Yeah. So he's just really taking coaching seriously and he's trusting his O line. There is no animosity there's no clicks on the team he hugged first of all when you're a linebacker and you're going up against a five six five seven running back it's very tough to see because we do have a decent sized o-line so when you're going behind a six five spencer Plasic, 
you know, going up against blocking him, you're not going to see a 5'7 Josh Love. So he really hugs the down blocks well. He has patience behind the line, and he's shifty enough to make one move on the second level and then has that second gear speed to get to the sideline. Um, I mean, he's just he's, – not only is he a tremendous football player, he's a captain, he's a tremendous young man. Uh, he's, I think he's got a 3.0, 3.1 GPA. He's doing all the right things, and, and, and I'm happy for Josh Love to get you know, this, this attention uh, in a positive way that he deserves. And when you it, – certainly it's a team sport. You need everybody to win. Absolutely. But- to have a player like that where you know, if you, like in a big moment, hey, man, you, you might need like a 45-yard touchdown run, and he's the kind of player that can bring that. So how huge is that? I know you're confident about your team as yeah. a whole in all phases, but having a player like that that can be a difference maker at any point in the game, anytime he touches the ball, seems like it's giving you guys a huge advantage. It's huge. Look, when, you, when, when me and my – you know, when myself and my offensive coordinator are arguing if we should run the ball or pass the ball on third down, that's a good problem to have yes. because we want the ball in Josh's hands as much as we can. But we also – we know that opens up the play-action game a little bit. Um, so, but that's a double-edged sword that's – you know, I'm very happy to have that argument because it's a good problem because we can trust our quarterback in Aiden Lund. We can trust our veteran receivers. We can trust our O-line to do either or. And obviously we can trust Josh Love when he has the football in his hand. So it's a very good problem to have. And every single one of these kids has just bought in to the culture and to just being humble and taking coaching. And I think that's why we're, you know, hopefully taking that next step of, of Manchester football. Right. And he's done, you know, Love has done so well here the first couple of weeks that he's going to get major attention from everyone you played. I mean, you're going to, you might see teams just completely sell out and have their whole defense within three yards of the line of scrimmage. So yeah. to me, that makes Aiden Lunn a big, you know, key because he's going to be the guy to try to make them pay for doing that. How have you yeah. seen his progress so far this season at quarterback? Oh, Aiden Lunn is, you know, you wouldn't know that he was a sophomore last, last year just from watching his tape. I mean, he almost threw for a thousand yards. Um, I think he's, well, he has one stupid interception this year that he underthrew, in my opinion. Um, that was my I, – I called the play, but I think he could have stepped into it a little bit. Other than that, his passer rating is pretty good. He has very good pocket presence. Um, he's not afraid to run the ball. He had more rushing yards than passing yards this last week against Point Beach on one run. Um, he, he made a couple moves. He lowered his shoulder. Um, I wish he slid, but he, you know, he got tackled. Uh, he's not afraid to run the ball. So you also kind of have to cover 11 if you're playing us – um, on defense because Aiden Lund is not afraid to run the ball either. Um, so he's taken that next step. Um, and he's also been a more of a vocal leader, which I need out of my quarterback. Um, and he's been, he's been doing that tenfold. On the defensive side, uh, you did give up 24 points in the win over Barnegat week one, but you know, week zero, I think it's only six points North Plainfield yep. scored. And then, you know, 13 for point beach. I know one of them came very late. You mm-hmm. had most of, you know, mostly the backups in JV. And so, that side of the ball, I know two guys that stick out for me, Dante Mortelite, Curtis Mayer, and you've got a bunch of other guys playing well. So just tell, about, just tell us about some of the guys on that side of the ball that, you know, when the offense is scoring around 40 points a game, those guys get a ton of attention. But, yeah. again, the defense has been playing pretty well so far. Yeah, well, I, you know, I fired myself as defensive coordinator from last year because uh, we gave up more than 30 points a game. So that's where I brought in my uncle Gerard O'Donnell to call the defense, and he's been doing a great job. Uh, he's also been coaching the D-line. Curtis Mayer, I think, leads the state in sacks right now. I think he has five or six sacks. Mm-hmm. He just had four TFLs uh, against Point Pleasant Beach. Dante Mortelite is a uh, junior who was our sophomore last year leading tackler. Um, you know, and then we got good corner, two returning quarters in MJ Goins and, and Malik Farms, our two safeties. Um, and Antonio Sarama and Josh Love, um, and we wreak havoc up front. You know, we, we don't want our D-backs to make tackles because that means we're not doing our job up front. Um, 
But we're, we're also not a team that really blitzes a lot because we trust our guys to make the right reads um, and to do the right thing. Um, so, yeah, our defense is playing great. We got to stop the run. I mean, we let up an 82-yard run against Point Beach. We let up two 70-plus yard runs against Barnegat. Um, so that's really been the focus right now is how do we stop the run and how can we be better against the run? Um, so that's that's our point of emphasis right now. You know, you mentioned Keensburg uh, coming up this week. Uh, you know, the Titans uh, 0-2, but, you know, a couple, you know, they haven't been, you know, I think they lost 27-16 to Jackson Liberty. So they're right there. You mentioned, you know, they're a dangerous team with some athletes. When when you're, you know, getting ready for them this week, preparing, what are some of the points that stick out, things you guys are going to need to do well um, or try to eliminate that they do? Yeah, just from our end, um, we have to clean up our special teams play and we have to eliminate penalties. Uh, we've we've had way too many penalties, way too many timeouts on my end because there's either 10 or 12 on special teams. Um, we've had a couple special teams turnovers this year. Um, so just taking care of an us standpoint, um, those are two things that stick out that are a point of emphasis this week. Um, but talking about Keensburg, uh, they, they are very athletic and they're very fast. You know, th- their quarterback can run the football. Um, he's not afraid to pull it on their certain read plays, on their certain option plays. Um, they like having three backs in the backfield at sometimes and like a wishbone pistol, um, which we have to re- that that changes up our defense a little bit. And they fly off the line of scrimmage from their from their edge guys on defense. Um, so we just have to be patient on the offensive line. We have to let, you know, Josh Love do his work, hug his down blocks. Um, and we just have to stay patient and read our keys on, on defense to make sure there's no big run plays uh, for Kingsburg. So, uh, like I said, Coach Reed's doing a good job. They have they have a good amount of athletes, and I think it's a great matchup from a from, from a speed as, aspect and, a, and an athletic aspect. One last thing, uh, just tell us about the home atmosphere for games. You know, just seeing the videos you guys put up. You have the bagpipes leading out the team. Um, you got you did a pretty cool uniform reveal. You know, before yeah. the season started, I know having a uh, you know a good home atmosphere and you know an, an intimidating one in that sense for an opposing team mm-hmm. um, and just getting the, the student body involved so how has that been so far yeah I've, with the uniforms man I mean I just want to thank everyone who donated we're going to be doing that in the future but we got a lot of donations uh, from from former alumni from local businesses that helped out with the uniforms and that was absolutely huge um, I can't thank them enough um, it's all the jerseys say discipline, intellect and grit on the back. So that's pretty cool. That's our team mantra. Keep digging. Um, as for the home atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, we usually walk out to the band, um, but it was someone's idea that somebody in the band last year uh, who's local plays the bagpipes. And that just gave me the chills. I mean, we walk out from our locker room right through the middle of the parking lot through the tailgate. So all the parents are going nuts. Everyone's filming you. And then we kind of bang a right on the track and go into the end zone. And there's people who kind of sit in the end zone. So you're also seeing that, you know, we have our team shovel guy of the week, who's like our practice player of the week that's in front uh, with the kilt and the bagpipes. It's just a great atmosphere. The students are buying in. We had a whiteout last week with home jerseys. This week is senior night. I think it's a red, white and blue week uh, for 9-11. So the, the students are bought in. The teachers are bought in. The whole community is bought in. Um, and I'm hoping that I can, you know, I can do my job as the head coach and the kids can do their job and my staff to just to keep this train rolling in a positive way because the buzz has just been awesome. And, and these kids deserve this attention, man. They really do. Tommy, your enthusiasm really shines every anytime we talk to you, anytime we ask you any question about your program. And I think we see that reflected in your program and the way you guys are playing. So, you know, it's, it's cool to see Manchester having the success. We're excited to see what you guys can do there. So, again, thanks for taking the time today to join us. and. Uh, you know, looking forward to talking to you guys and covering you guys you know, a lot more this season. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. 
That's Manchester head coach Tommy Farrell of the 3-0 and Hawks, looking to move to 4-0, as he said, for the first time in school history. So Tommy, always a great guy to talk to. And, you know, they got it going so far. And it, you tell from talking to him, like, he gets it where, yeah, we're 3-0, and like, this is great, but hey, guys, like, I understand, like, we got to right. keep the foot on the pedal. Here. And, you know, like, given the caliber of people, like like he said, it's only going to get harder every week. Mm-hmm. So you got to prepare them for that where you can't get too intoxicated with what you've done already and think that you made it. But they've been trying for so many years to break through that six-win mm-hmm. wall, and I think this is the best chance they ever had. And not only that, they have a pretty young team. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of sophomores and juniors that are major contributors and stars on this team. So you could be talking about a nice – like real good two-year run here at the very least to mm-hmm. set the foundation in that program. Yeah, like let's not get ahead of ourselves, but it would be really awesome to see a program that hasn't had a ton of success, you know, kind of start to rise up and build that foundation. And, you know, Tommy seems like he's certainly the guy for the job. So good stuff from the Hawks, and uh, hopefully we see a lot more of them as the season goes on. We're going to take a quick break right now, and we come back. We're talking Holmdel Hornets in studio with head coach Jeff Rainis. You are watching and listening to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. And we're back on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner here on the Shore Sports Network. Talking Shore Conference football, going around the Shore, hitting on different programs, talking to coaches, players, uh, and touching on some of the big games from the prior week and the week ahead. And right now, we're, we're happy to be joined in studio by Holmdel head coach Jeff Rainis. The Hornets 2-0, and uh, off to a great start, coming off a tough 2022 season, already surpassed their win total from last year, uh, and coming off a huge win uh, in Week 2, an overtime victory 20-14 over St. John Vianney, snapped a long losing streak to the Lancers. Uh, St. John Vianney's in Holmdel, so kind of battle of Holmdel, a lot of layers to that game. But a huge win nonetheless. The Hornets are 2-0. and they're feeling great, uh, and we're happy to welcome in head coach Jeff Rainis. So, Coach, thanks for uh, taking the, the long drive, I joke, uh, down the road. Uh, you know, we're in Holmdale here at Bellworks, so it worked out pretty well for you to come down in the studio. So, just first, thanks for taking some time and, and talking some football with us. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. It took me longer to find the studio once <laughs> I got in the place than it did to drive here. So. It's a big place. The first couple times I was here, too. It's Where cool am place. I going? So. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, last season, and we talked – uh, before I wrote the preview story and just about it, it was a tough year. You guys have built so much positive momentum. And last season, one and eight, get some injuries. You were out most of the season w- with a health scare. And I know the biggest thing from you and the program was like, that's not us. Like, that's an aberration. Let's come back this year and prove that we are the team that we've been for, you know, the previous handful of seasons. And you guys have really started off well. So just how about that? Really having that mentality, that mantra coming into the year and then, you know, Putting your putting your you know your money where your mouth is so to speak. Yeah, listen, it was a tough it was a tough situation to navigate. You know, so part of the deal was trying to keep everybody together last year without even really being there. Um, so to try and keep everybody positive about the progress, listen, it, it didn't feel quite like it did when I first got here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not maybe completely broken, um, but we knew that the culture had taken a hit. We knew that you know the psyche had taken a hit. So, you know, the offseason was really spent trying to rebuild that culture and rebuild that that foundation. And I know it's only two weeks in, but you, know, you win 42-6 in, in week one against Tom's River South. Then you have a dramatic overtime victory, which, you know, obviously that's going to pump the whole team up. It's still early, but has that been a huge part of, 
you know, like you said, kind of building back that culture, maybe, you know, took a hit. Do you feel like these just two weeks, but you guys are starting to, you know, build that back with the way you've won these games, giving this kid some confidence? Yeah, so it's definitely, listen, it's definitely a confidence booster. Uh, you touched on it earlier. Like we knew, we knew going into it that we, it's been a long time since we had, had beaten St. John Vianney. Um, so, you know, I, I told the seniors before that, you know, before the week, like, listen, this is a great opportunity for you guys to, to stamp, stamp the year early, um, you know, and put us on a good track. And, you know, they went out and, and performed well and just a thrilling win, just a thrilling environment to be in. So Huge night for the community, too. It was it a great like. night for the community. You know, you mentioned those guys are in Homedale as well. So uh, that's been written a couple of times that may have made its way to the, uh, <laughs> to the board, you know. Yeah, first win over them since 2010, right? Yeah, so, I mean, that – I just think too, with a lot of young guys contributing, that mm -hmm. that's got to give you just some confidence when you get two wins right off the bat. That what you've been preaching to them in the preseason and talking to them has now resulted in wins right away. I mean, that that's got to have been crucial too. That you're getting that confidence almost right off the bat. A thousand percent. So you know, it's, a, uh, it's the young guys are certainly contributing, um, but it's a it's a good senior unit as well. Uh, those guys were you know those guys were around for the you know, initial kind of ascent of the program. Um, and, and it bothered them, you know, it bothered them to take a step, bothered all of us to take a step backwards. So, um, you know, that's been the hardest part of it is just managing uh, expectations and, um, and all of that. And, and, and trying to get people to understand that, you know, there's a correlation between hard work and success. And, and that's been, that's been, that's been the goal. And during your tender tenure at home, that sixth year, Am I correct? Eighth. Eighth year. See, I knew it was somewhere six, seven, eight. But like you said, you, you took over a program that had struggled for a while. And, you know, pretty quickly, uh, you guys were back in contention. You won a division title where our coach of the year, I believe, in 2018. And, uh, you know, have produced some all-shore players, especially, you know, offensively, where that split back beer offense of yours is a pain for teams to deal with. Uh, you know, Jaden Gow, the most recent one, you know, breaking all your records. You've had some big linemen. And this season, just through two weeks, you seem like you have a lot of depth in that area, and your sophomore quarterback, Jack Cannon, has really played well. So just how about having what seems like a really nice stable of backs and a young quarterback who can make plays on the ground and through the air? So we're definitely doing it a little bit by committee, you know, more by committee than we than we traditionally have. Uh, we have four kids back there right now that are sharing carries, and they, it's it's pretty well, um, you know, it's pretty well split up between the four of them right now. Um, and that certainly helped, you know, helped, helped us in – Late in the game, in the St. John Vianney game, we felt like we had fresh kids. We, you know, we had kids that that still had fresh legs. Um, so the, the the breakdown between rushing yards and passing yards is certainly more slanted towards passing mm -hmm. now. You know, the kid can he can sling it, he can run. Uh, he's a pretty good player. He's a real dynamic player. Um, we're excited about what he can do, and and we're just you know we're, we're not putting too much in front of him right now. We're just letting him kind of grow into the role. And he's a he's a great kid, and he's handing off to um, you know four. Very, very good running backs. And, yeah, and you guys have had such a successful system with that offense. How does it work when you get a quarterback who can throw the ball like that? You know, do you adjust to him? Do you feed him little bits like, okay, we're going to add a little bit more to the playbook every week? You know, when you have somebody who's maybe giving you that kind of dynamic you haven't had in the past years, you know, the run game is there. But do you open the playbook a little bit more when you have a guy who can do that, you know, in the passing game? Most certainly. So we took, um, you know, I wasn't even really there, but we took a, we, we started taking a look at Jack last year as a freshman. We brought him up um, just to kind of see what he could do. And, you know, we'd see him at the freshman level, but that's a different, that's a different deal. Yeah. So, um, you know, going into the season, we definitely did. We definitely opened the playbook. 
Um, you know, I didn't want to get completely away from the things that had made us successful. Right. Um, so we found a way to marry the two. Um, you know, whether or not that's successful, I guess I'll, I'll find out in, <laughs> in a couple of months. But, um, you know, certainly at the beginning of the year here, you know, we had two 400-yard uh, offensive performances, and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy with the way that it's, it's kind of splitting up. So he'll grow, he'll grow more into that, you know, kind of spread role. Um, you know, but there's a lot of things that go with that, the, mm. the protection and the linemen and the receivers, and there's a lot of things that are going with that. We've worked very hard at that over the summer. And on Jack, I'm sure you guys have known about him coming up through the ranks, which you do every player that comes to your program. But, you know, his father is one of the best, you know, football players, right, all time at Homedale, Scott Cannon. You know, his sister's phenomenal athletes. You know, Lindsey, I think, played four sports at Homedale. So is that just the case where it's like this is a really athletic family and, you know, he, he's the latest in that line? It certainly seems that way. Uh, it's a great Homedale, great Homedale family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they had um, – had a big family reunion this past weekend uh, at, at Scott's house, and they were all at the game. So um, that was another great reason to, to you know, watch Jack play such a, a good game and watch uh, watch the, the Hornets pull one out. So it was good because all the cannons were there. So on the defensive side, you know, you, you guys again, you, you gave up six points, um, you know, in, in the opening win uh, of your season against Tom's River South. You know, St. John, man, I know they're really young. But they have some some talented players. You know, they had their running back, Luca Menard, ripped off a couple long touchdowns. But you guys were able to, to buckle down. I mean, down 14-7, you, I think at halftime, right? You have to hold that, or earlier than that, you guys have to hold them all throughout the second half and overtime. So what went into that, and who were the, some of the, the standouts there? I know Alex Reyes, your sophomore, had a big game, but I know it wasn't just him. So just how about that? Just holding the fort where the offense can find a way to tie it up and then win it. So that was one of the things like in the off season that we really took a look at was the way that we played defense last year was the most, that was like the most alarming thing. That was mm-hmm. the thing that jumped out at us. Um, so we just wanted to get back to being super physical, right? So I was, we spent a lot of time in the weight room and we spent a lot of time developing guys and we just felt like we just didn't look like us last year. Um, so this year, I'll, you know, I'll say like that, that certainly at the beginning of the year, we've been more physical um, we're, you know, we're still making mistakes or you got some young guys playing there still making some, some mistakes, but we have contributions coming from, you know, all three levels. And, uh, you know, I think, I think coach Principi's done a great job of reinstalling that, you know, downhill mentality. Um, and it showed up, you know, listen, they, they got one or two of us on us, you know, the other night, but, um, late in the game when we really needed it, there was the defense that stepped up and got us the ball back. Is that the impressive part of that win too? The resolve that your team had to show just to even get it to overtime, and then to be able yeah. to pull off the win. So we, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times. Uh, like I said, four hundred yards offense between the twenty and twenty, we were great. Um, we fumbled the ball once down there. We turned it over on downs one time. We had a touchdown called back. We had two or three penalties that pulled us back. We had, a, you know, a couple of drop balls that were, probably could have wound up in the end zone. Um, so, you know, we're sitting there looking at it going 14, seven, like we just, we got to break the door down. Like we just got to get in one. Um, so, you know, Jack, uh, wound up scrambling late in the game and breaking it. And then, you know, we, we kind of felt like heading into overtime. Um, you know, they were, listen, we were exhausted too, but we <laughs> felt like they were exhausted. It was hot night and it was, you know, it had been a hot week and, and, uh, we, we were just trying to get it to overtime. We felt like we had the advantage. 
Oh, first off, Coach Principi is my accountant. So the more we plug him, the more uh, write-offs I think I can get on my taxes. So we really want to talk about that defense. Yes, let's go on about um, the defense. Tell but, us more. But um, for you personally, given what you went through last year just with health issues, what was it like for you to return to be away from football mm -hmm. as such a football guy? And then what was it like for you to, that when you first came back and you returned and you're around the team again? Uh, that's a great That's a great question. Um, and it really makes you it makes you look at a lot of it makes you, you dig down a little bit and then really kind of look at what you're doing with your life and how important your family is and everything else. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I just kind of sat back and said, you know, like I have obviously my family is the most important thing. But then I have this this other thing that we've built here. Um, and, you know, if the doc is telling me it's OK um, and, and it's OK to keep going with it, like I'm. I'm committed to it. We built this thing. It's a it's a huge part of my life. It's one of the my things I'm most proud of that I've done in my life. And um, you know, it was it was just it was a relief to get back on the sidelines this year, uh, the, the last year at the end of last year, um, and then coming into it this year, it kind of feels like you know it's good to be home. And it just must have been gratifying to see the players outpouring of support and love for you during that time. And then when you came back, that must've been an emotional moment that first day that you're, you know, back at the end of last year. Yeah, that was tough. And it was tough to say goodbye. I came back. I think I came back. It was senior night and it was tough to say goodbye to those families and those kids. And, you know, I hadn't been there for five or six weeks or whatever it was. And it's, you know, listen, I don't ever want to go back there. That was a tough, that was a tough road. And talking about more positive yes. things now <laughs> yeah. going forward, you guys are not a secret anymore. It's not, oh, they they had one win last year. Like, at, you know, we, yeah, that's back like, on the radar. Yeah, that's now. an easy win. Or something. I mean, you, well, you've done some impressive things here early on. How are you going to handle the fact that now, you know, you're not going to really sneak up on anybody or anything like that? Well, in the modern, uh, you know, world of huddle and pooled exchanges, I don't think you're sneaking up on anybody <laughs> these days. So, you know, everybody kind of has a beat on what's going on. But, um, you know, I think I'm I'm just happy we we have found a way so far to stay who we are. You know, I think we've stayed true to who we are, trying to be a physical downhill football team. Um, and we've worked in, you know, we've worked in some cool stuff for the, the different talent that we've gotten now. And, um, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the future. And the other thing is, Bob and I talked about this in the preseason. Your division seemed yeah. completely wide open. Exactly. You know, a bunch of other teams graduated their stars. It was like every team was kind of an unknown. Mm -hmm. You know, they, whether they graduated all shore players, you know, they had an off year the year before. I mean, when you look at it, you got to think, hey, well, why not us? We have as good a shot as anybody here. We, we always think that. Um, that might have that been a little tougher to sell a couple years ago <laughs> when I was playing in the NFC East. But, um, yeah, I, listen, I, I think that's the schedule is what it is. I, I, as somebody that has gone from, uh, you know, playing group one schools one year to working our way up to having to play group five schools one year. Like we've, we've been at all levels of this thing. Uh, so I, I, I kidded the guy that makes the schedule after it came out and I was like, I see how it works when we're, when we're good, we move way up. And when we're bad, we stay exactly yeah. the Your same. Your reward for yeah. winning yeah, exactly. is to be punished with a, a brutal a, schedule. We joke about that too, like the Colonial Division. Like your reward is to go play like RBC and Rumson and North. Right. So it's. Uh, we've lived it. And, you know, it, listen, it, it is, it's an imperfect time. It's an imperfect science. And I stopped getting upset about it, that stuff a long time ago. And you just go out and play the guys that you're going to play and prepare your team the best you can. One of those unknown teams in the division, you know, really was Asbury Park for a lot of different reasons. New head coach questions about their numbers um and you guys have you play them this week they're owing two but i know that's not a team you can ever take lightly because out of nowhere 
they could put up like 50 points because they have those kinds of skill players led by Raleigh Stevens, you know, just a dynamic football player on both sides of the field. So what has been the message to your team in terms of not just X's and O's, but the mental preparation uh, going to play an opponent like that? Who It says 0-2, but you you have to treat them you know, well, differently. All, all you need to do is go turn the tape off. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, we sat down with those guys Monday when we came back in and, you know, it, it jumps off the page at you. They are awfully athletic, and you can tell with this, and that, that, it, that is a, a group that's coached as well. Um, I thought they played very well against Ocean. I think Ocean's a very good football team, and I think Asbury had might have had the lead at halftime or maybe mm-hmm. was down by one at halftime. Um, but they, they have our full attention. Uh, that's a very, very good football team. It's a dangerous football team. Um, you know, and it's it's somebody we've, we've had to prepare all week for. So – uh, you know, I don't. It, from a kid's standpoint, like the kids, will, the kids can look at zero and two all they want, but all they need to do is sit in the sit in the room with us when we watch film, and and they're not going to overlook anybody. Gets their attention pretty oh, quick. Huh? It absolutely does. Yeah. Well, Jeff, it's always been great to talk to you. Uh, ever since you became that coach at home, though, you've been a great friend of the Shore Sports Network. We always enjoy having you on, talking about your program. You know, first, it's great to see you back healthy, coaching football, having fun, and your team has responded. So. Uh, I know it's a long season, but it's great now, and hopefully you guys uh, continue the upward trend and, and keep playing consistent football. So, thank, thank you again, so thanks much, for man. coming down and joining us, and uh, you know we look forward to talking to you and covering your team a lot more this season. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's always good to see you guys, and we'll hopefully we'll see you soon. That's Holmdel head coach Jeff Rainus. The 2-0 Hornets uh, will take on Asbury Park this weekend, looking to move to 3-0. So, Jeff, we thank you again. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with our final guest, Talk some Brick Township football, one of the most storied programs in the shore. Off to a 3-0 start. We'll hear from head coach Lenz Danowitz just how they're doing it. So back after that, uh, back after this, excuse me, on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Tell Lenny. Yo, what's up, Jeff? Hey, hey, you put on the headphones. What's up, Coach? How you doing, baby? I'm good, man. How are you? Good Is to it, see you out there, man. You're not going to talk about the six nothing win from back in like 2016. <laughs> uh, listen, who got the who got the last laugh? <laughs> Welcome back to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Coming up on our third guest, and we're talking Brick Township football right now with head coach Lenz Danowitz, Brick. You know, needs no introduction. One of the most storied programs in the shore, st- seven st- uh, state sectional titles, and many more before the NJSA playoffs were official in 1974. Of course, the, of course, the uh, legendary head coach Warren Wolf, the patriarch of shore conference football. Again, we could probably do a whole podcast just on brick football. <laughs> but today we're talking to 2023 drag- Dragons, and we are joined by head coach Lenz Danowitz. Brick 3 0, coming off a really good 14 7 win over Freehold in a game that spanned multiple days after some weather delays. So first yeah. off, Len, thanks for taking some time. Good to talk uh, talk to you again. And just tell us about that win over Freehold. I mean, a dangerous team, scored 35 points in a season opener, and your defense came through again. You guys got a big 14-7 win. Yeah, we had a, you know, we had a co- Coach Mack and the defensive staff. You know, when we met about them, we were worried because of, you know, how dynamic they were. They were, they were dominant in their scrimmages. And then, you know, getting to see them against uh, Keyport, against the athletes and the team that they had. And there were some athletes on that field that day watching that. And uh, we came up with a pretty good game plan. Coach Mack came up with a good plan. And, you know, we had some 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 
some uh, tendencies that we were able to try to take advantage of. But, you know, of course, they come out first couple of plays and they went opposite a lot of those tendencies. So but we adjusted well. They got a couple of plays on us. You know, they got it. We gave them a touchdown that first drive. And then the defense really, really shut the door after that. And, you know, they let, cut up a couple of yards, but they didn't let them in the end zone again. So that was key for the game defensively. And offensively, you know, we had guys rotating in and out. Our quarterbacks were doing a good job. Um, kids did a good job as far as like um, with their defense at 3-3 stack that they throw everything at you. And they have a lot of athletes on the field. And, you know, we were worried about how we would be able to handle them. But for the most part, the kids did a pretty good job of it. And uh, we were able to get some yards on them, uh, you know, through the air and on the ground. Let my biggest question out of this whole scenario was how you stop a game in the middle of a Saturday and then you keep the kids focused and you got to get everyone like, not only to play on a Sunday, yeah. resume at 8 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> I can't even get out of bed before. Uh, it, it was, it was, uh, we were sitting there and we were, we were, we came out to the field and all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're not starting. And we're like, what? So we're out of the field. All of a sudden we go back in the locker room and we're sitting there. And it, all of a sudden, the storm is just not moving. And it looks like it's going to move. And all of a sudden, it circles back. So we're sitting there. And then, you know, me and Dave met with our ADs. And we said, listen, if we can't start by four, we're out. And uh, we'll wait. You know, we'll have to do it again. And all of a sudden, it was, you know, it was evident we weren't going to start at four. You know, we're trying to get the kids, keep them busy. Parents ran out and got food for them. The kids were doing a skit show. Like, it was just everything to, like, try to keep their minds instead of just, like, dozing off and everything. So, you know, so we did everything we could, and then um, we decided to move the game. And, you know, with the weather the next day, it was looked like it was even going to be bad the next day. Right. So we tried to get – we said, dude, we got to go early. Or, you know, if it's supposed to be what it's supposed to be and be from, like, 10 o'clock on all day of thunderstorms. And the Freehold has a game tom like tomorrow. was Thursday night. Yeah. So they couldn't they couldn't move it. So we said, let's go early, Dave. And he was like, yeah, we both were like, yeah, I guess so. Let's do it. And, <laughs> you know, I just called, like, all my coaches, called experts about, like, how to handle everything with the kids and the, and the tiredness and the soreness. And we came right back here. We had three, two ice baths going. Kids are in there, you know, instead of water, Gatorade, food, everything. We, you know, we cut our, our Scott Lloyd, our conditioning coach sent that an email to all the parents about how to handle the kids at night, get them in bed right away. Like our captains were all on board with it. And everybody just did a great job of getting the kids ready for the next day. I mean, it was a, it was a good all around team effort. Len, did it help that when the game was suspended, it was halftime and it was a tie game. So you can kind of go into yeah. Sunday like, hey, we're only playing a half, but it's like it's 0-0. Zero, zero. It's a new game. Just go out and, and win well, when you win the game. It would have been better if we had the lead. I mean, don't get me wrong, of course. <laughs> you know, because we, we had a last-second drive and we were close to getting in there, but we ran out of time. And, um, you know, the clock was wor wasn't working on the field, so that also affected it a little bit. But, um, you know, listen, at the end, I mean, you know, we were both – we both teams were tired, man. I'll tell you, it was hot. Their guys were hurting. Our guys were hurting. We saw kids dropping on both sides, and and it was it was brutal. I mean, it was a it was a hot game. And that second half, it was going to be a, a brutal second half if we played it afterwards the way it was. But uh, unfortunately for both of us, we were able to come out fresh. And and uh, you know, I think it was over by like eight forty five on Saturday, Sunday morning. It was so quick, and it just felt weird. Like half, at one or two o'clock, I was like, man, we played a game this morning. It just felt like that felt like it was yesterday. It was just so weird. Yeah, I never went through, but it was uh, church by the time the game's over. <laughs> it was weird. It was just so weird coming home, going. I just came from a game. It just didn't feel right, you know. So. Um, and I guess certainly what helps, and what I think has been the story of your season so far, is a shutdown defense. I mean, yeah, you, you haven't allowed more than seven points in any of your games this year. You got a shutout in your, you know, opening game win over Tom's River East. Yeah. I mean, how has that really been the backbone of your team? 
Well, listen, the defense is always going to be our backbone here. You know, Brian, you know, Coach Mack does a great job, you know, with our defense. We feel like we got some really good playmakers all over the field. You know, we got some inexperienced guys up front that are really doing their job well. They're just embracing their role. You know, we have a, we have a really solid, good line. Uh, we think we have, you know, four or five good linebackers, really, and, and the four linebackers that we play, um, or mostly all seniors, too, that are just like probably some of the best group of linebackers I've had here in, in, in the years I've been here. And then we got some some good corners, some solid safeties. So we got a real good like you know our back seven is 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 as good as it gets in my book. And you know our front line is really doing a good job. And the, and the coaches, you know, we have this year, you know, Coach Mack, Coach Malta, Coach Doc, and Coach Coach Kite are just like a great group. They work great together, and they all 100 percent in. And it's, and it's a good thing to see on that side of the ball. One of those players uh, has. For me, one of the most underrated players in the entire short conference, and that's your senior, Jake Toy. And you had a, a very impressive comment about him, and you said he's one of the best players probably that all-around players that you've ever coached, given what he does, not just defensively where he tends to stand out more at the numbers, but he's an H-back, so he'll run the ball, he'll take handoffs, he'll catch passes kind of like a t- you know, tight end-ish. He'll, I've seen, even seen him on you know some of uh, the huddle clips taking direct snaps out of the backfield. Something about his impact yeah. he can make in all aspects. He punts for you as well. So yeah. one of those Swiss Army knife type players, but excels at anywhere you put him. It's 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 freakish how he is. And at, at just almost a shade under six four, you know, 220 pounds and the athletic ability of the kid. And it's just it's freakish. It's, it's he how he he's a, such a sponge as far as you know, we call a thing called football IQ. And his football IQ is through the roof. He's a smart kid as it is. But how he just like you tell him one thing one time and he remembers it forever. He just knows everything. And you'll see him, he's telling half the team what to do sometimes. He is just a sponge of knowledge, and then his athletic ability is is through the roof. And then what I love most about him is his competitiveness. Like no matter what he's doing, if he's if he's playing a game of ping pong out here, he's he's trying to kick your kick your butt net. You know, it's anything that he does, he's competitive in. And that's what the great thing about it is. And you know, as far as him as a player. Like the greatest thing I can say about the kid is whenever he come off a defense and he gets a break defensively as far as or offensively on like scout when we're going through stuff, he runs over to scout and and lines up against the defense right away. Just jumps right in there. Not even S like he's just a kid that just loves playing football and the athletic ability for a kid that big is special. And, you know, he's a kid that's underrated as far as like all the colleges and there's a lot of colleges talking to him. But I just can't understand how, like, he doesn't have offers yet. It's just – it kind of boggles my mind because of the size of him too. I mean, I, I, he's 6'4", and he can do anything you need to, and he's he's still growing into his body. So he's he just an amazing kid. And he comes from one of Brick's royal families too in, in the sense – Royalty, man. <laughs> it, it seems like he has that knowledge of Brick football, like that tradition. He understands it, yeah. and, and he kind of plays to it in, in a way where – like when I talk to him, he's, he's such a very, such a respectful kid. Like on the field, he's an animal. And then yeah. off the field, he's a gentleman. And I, I just get the sense in those, you know, moments talking to him where like he understands the tradition of brick football and takes pride in, in upholding that the way he plays and the way he carries himself. Listen, he's a hockey player and he's a, he's a football player. So he knows both traditions forever from being, you know, you know, his great grandfather's coach Oriyama. So he knows his mom, uh, Cindy Acropolis at the time was, you know, on a, Football. I was a high, was a hockey player here on a, on a boys team, state champion. Father played football, college football at RPI. So very athletic family. And the kid is he's only been playing football since eighth grade too. That's the one thing that bothers, that shocks me about him. 
but he's just uh, he's one of those kids that's just going to be, you know, he's still climbing as far as like his ceiling. And it's uh, he's going to be a special kid for the next level. And I know your defense obviously has been a big story here, but I thought a real revelation from the freehold game, two big passing hookups uh, between Ryan Bontorno and Jaden Johnson, yep. you know, some big play ability from that offense. I know it wasn't a ton of points, but that has to give you just some confidence and, you know, okay, maybe now we've found this other gear of our offense, another way that we can scare mm -hmm. teams throwing yeah. deep on the field. Well, listen, we had some good uh, our quarterbacks this year. You know, we have two senior kids that are, like, uh, kind of sharing the reps between Ryan and Christian Booker, and they're both, like, you know, handling it great. They're, they do they complement each other. They're, they're there cheering each other on. They're just two, two great kids. And, you know, we kind of use them interchangeably, like I've done in the past and, you know, in the past, like 2018, when I used Prado and Leblo the same way, I kind of use them both of them the same way. And, you know, we had a lot of success with that team. And these guys are just complimenting each other. And we're just going to, you know, see which way we can try to, we want to just make sure we can try to get that offense like, clicking on both sides too. You know, it's tough to get to have two quarterbacks out there taking the reps, but they're both getting better every week. And, uh, you know, the, the both uh, the offensive line, we got a couple of sophomores that are, are, are breaking in. But our skill guys, you know, between Jake, between Jermaine, J um, you know, uh, Sean Savannah on the outside, J uh, Gavin Moffey, and then Jaden Johnson has been great for us catching these passes and and uh, a lot of the stuff he does running the ball. And Justice Morgan, a sophomore, along with Trempy, we got some guys that can uh, that are pretty uh, good athletes, and we're and when we think we can uh, do some things with those guys on the perimeter too. This uh, this division you're in, and one of the themes we've been talking about, Scott and I, you know, since the season started. A lot of these divisions you look at and you say, man, like this is wide open. Like you can make a case for almost – if there's six teams in every division, most of them you can make a case for at least five of them, four of them, mm -hmm. to be contenders. And you're certainly one of those teams in the independence division. Uh, Brick Morrill, 3-0. Um, you know, Freehold is still a, a dangerous team. Freehold Township, 1-1. One one. So when you guys saw the divisions come out, did you look at those teams and say – Hey, like we're, we're right here. I know sometimes you can look at the schedule and the division and it's like, you know, right off the bat, you know, mm -hmm. if you got to play an RBC and a, a Rumson every week, certainly it's, it's different, but the way this division set up seems like it's, you know, you get the kids attention in the sense where, Hey, we come out, take care of business. We should be right in the mix till the end. Well, I mean, with, you know, the way the schedules are now, as far as the design of it is, is to be like that. I mean, it's to be like where, and we say it every year, we can win every game and we can lose every game. I mean, it's just a matter of who shows up. And uh, which team prepares well? Because you're gonna have you're gonna have parity. You're gonna have a lot of teams battling it out, and that's what it's designed for. No, I mean, I'm, listen, I loved Class A South was was I love it. I, I would never would never want to change it. But as far as if they want parity, this is what we got right now. And um, the only thing I miss is just the fact that like you don't have that that rivalries all the time every year, you know. And and, and the one thing that we did have over the years with all this new format was a we had a nice rivalry with Freehold Borough. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, Dave talked about it. You know, we played them twice a year for a couple of years and in the regular season and playoffs. And one of us was going to the finals and, and we had a good run with them. And it's always been like one score games and it's it, what it was. And then like, just like our last game with them. So you're going to get parity and it's going to be uh, pretty fair, mostly uh, for the most part, I think for all the games. So it's just a matter of, you know, which teams have good depth, which teams prepare the best and, uh, and which teams get the, get their kids ready to go. You know? And real quick on that, going back to a South, I, we've talked a lot about this. You do miss those traditional rivalries. You still play Brick Morrill every season. That'll be the final week, the regular season. Mm -hmm. Opened up with Tom's Reese. Is there a team that you really miss that, hey, hey, we wish we had, you know, this team every year just because of the rivalry aspect from, from well, the A-South? It's just a It always used to be a thing where, 
you know, you just play the teams that you grew up playing against, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the with the Pop Warner and, and youth football. You know, we played all the Tom's Rivers. You play Tom's Rivers South. You play, you know, you play North, East, Jackson, you know, Southern. It's like that was that was our league, you know, and, and what we had. And and it was a good thing, you know. But, I mean, we had, we play a lot of those teams. You know, this year, we you know, we played East. We haven't played them. We've scrimmaged them in the past. Uh, we played South last year. You know, we haven't played North in a couple of years, uh, although we did go against North in a seven-on-seven and seven uh, – that's a that's a good football team. I say that much. Um, and uh, you know, we don't see like the Southern. We played a couple years back, Lacey and stuff. So it's it's you know it's different, but it's not like you know it's again it's it's a different schedule and stuff. And we're gonna play whoever we put put them they put in front of us. But it's just something about like just growing up with a South and not playing it is it's just a difference, you know. You have uh, how many years is this for you now as the head coach at Brick? Uh, I think what is this, eight or nine, uh, 2015. So yeah, I think about eight. Yeah. I mean, there's only been eight. I have to lose track. <laughs> there's only been four head coaches in Brick's history. Yeah. Them. And you know, you played for coach Wolf. Um, so I know I've asked you this a couple of times in the past, but you know, what's it mean to you to be sitting in that chair, sitting in that locker room? You know, there's so many legendary, you know, things have happened. Um, you know, you, you were a part of a lot of them on the field as a player. What's yeah. it mean to be the guy, you know, leading that program? Uh, it's, it's, it's always the same way. It's just something that, you know, you always got to take, like you take pride in and, and you understand what, what it means and, and, you know, what the expectations are. That's the biggest thing that we stress to the kids. You know, we haven't had a, a good season in a couple of years as far as a winning season, but you know, the goals don't change. The goals are what they are. You know, you want to, you know, you want to win your division. You want to win States. You got to, those are the goals. And that's, you know, we try not to like, you know, make light of that at all. If we think we even have a bad season, then it's try to win every game. You know, if the kids see you're not going to make the playoffs and something like in a couple of years, and you still want to compete. And that's what we get, we have our kids doing. And, um, you know, we have a, a good senior group this year that really has worked, worked their butt off in a lot of things. And, you know, talented kids in the junior class and a real strong sophomore class. And these kids are all coming together and it's a good mix of kids. And, um, you know, we got some kids that are really setting the tone as far as leadership. You know, with Will Walsh and Jake Toys, our two really main ca- main captains, and as far as the rest of our guys, but they're just doing a good job leading this team and doing their, all the right things. Uh, and finally, you had been starting the season for a while with the Brick Memorial game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's on cutoff weekend. This was my—I love this yes. idea that you have to play your rival that last weekend before. You know, maybe you get a better seed. Maybe it's yeah. just to get into the playoffs. Uh, how do you look at the fact that now that game is at a pretty pivotal time of the season? I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change it. I mean, that that game right now, it's just, it's too far away to worry about, you know, but I mean, I always loved it as the first game. It was something new. I thought it was going to be weird, but it kind of drove the off season. It was always fun. And, you know, it was always a way to kick it off because I mean, it was a mobbed house no matter where we had it. So I just think it's a, you know, it's a good rivalry. You know, the fact that both teams are doing well this year is always going to make it better. And if it comes down to we're fortunate we're both in the same position we are right now and it's for a division, then so be it. Uh, but we, we both have a lot of work to do to get there before uh, we can talk about that. Uh, last one for me. You take on Barnegat this week, looking to move to 4-0. You know, the Bengals have struggled 0-3, but they have some really good players. Like Cole Toddings has been a monster. Kind of yeah. similar to Jake in a way for Barnegat. Like both sides yeah. of the ball, playing tight end, linebacker, wreaking a lot of havoc. So what do you see from Barnegat, some of the things that – you know, you guys think you need to key on to come away with the win. Yeah, they, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's he's very much you. They use him like we kind of use Jake. You know, he's all over the place on defense. He's all over the place. They put him where where they think they need to. Ha- they put him. Uh, they got a lot of good athletes on that defense. Some good size, especially on the offensive line too. With some good size kids, some some nice skill players, some good running backs. 
You know, the quarterbacks is like a little shorter kid, but he's just shifty and he gets rid of the ball and he, and he can move really good running out of their option stuff. So they got a tough team. I mean, you know, they've had some they've had some trouble with some of the teams they played. But, you know, again, we don't we don't you know, we're not looking at records and uh, we're going after them the same way we've gone after everybody else. Good stuff. Len, again, thanks uh, for taking some time after practice to join us, talk some brick football. Uh, good to catch up with you, hear about how the Dragons are, are getting it done in 2023. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you guys this week, the rest of the way, and uh, we hope to talk to you in the future. You got it, guys. Thanks for everything you guys do, man. appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Len. Guys, have a good one. That's Brick Danowitz, the Dragons 3-0, and looking to move to 4-0 as they take on Barnegat. So a good, uh, a good slate of guests we had today. It was good talking to Tommy Farrell. Jeff Rainis and Lenza Danowitz. So just a few minutes left. We're going to take a one final break, come back, just hit on some of the key games to look for in week three. So quick break, and we'll be back on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. Back on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner, uh, we'll just quickly look ahead to some of the top games in Week Three. And, and again, like we talked about in the open, yeah. Tom's River North part of the big game from last week. Well, they're part of the headliner for Week Three. They'll head right down the street to take on Number Four Donovan Catholic. The Griffins coming off a bye, you know they're amped for this game. So is Tom's River North. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, we, were, we were saying that that could potentially, you could argue that that's the biggest home game in the history of Donovan Catholic's program. I mean, Tom's River North comes in ranked in the top five in the state, number one public school program in the state. They're right down the street from each other. Donovan Catholic's head coach is the former defensive coordinator for yeah. Tom's River North. Donovan's offensive coordinator is Chip LaVarca Jr., who's Tom's River North's former head coach that led them to state titles with Dan Curcion. So there's all that subplot. I mean, you have the players know each other really well. I mean, Jalen Matthews, the star lineman from Tom's River North, was just on a visit to Penn State a couple weeks ago with Michael Thomas, Mm -hmm. the star wide receiver of Donovan Catholic. So uh, this, to me, is the main focus is can Donovan Catholic break through against this team? Obviously, overarching is can anyone beat Tom's River North? Mm -hmm. But for Donovan Catholic, for all the talent they've had and all the success they've really had, they, you know, I feel like they still think they're underappreciated or underrated. This is their shot if they want to make the whole state take notice. One more game, just get in a little bit more detail about a, a key game in the Freedom Division, Jackson Memorial at Middletown North. Uh, really a separation game in there. The number seven Jaguars head uh, to face the number 11 uh, Lions. That's that's a game there. The winner of that, it, it takes, you know, command as far as that division title goes. Yeah, and Middletown North was right there with Brick Memorial until mm-hmm. the end. Um, so that they've shown their potential that they can, you know, they'll take top yeah. 10 teams or, you know, ranked teams and push them to the brink. So we'll see if they can close after a nail-biter over Howell last week. Some other ranked uh, matchups of note. Number 13, Colts Neck will be at number 8, Manalpin, on Thursday. Uh, you have number uh, 9, Marlboro, visiting a Howell team that was ranked, dropped out – Two losses by combined three points. That's a key game also in that Freedom Division. Um, and then going down the line, you know, Walt Red Bank Catholic is American Division game. The case is coming off a bye, heavily favored. Um, and we, you know, we talked about some of the, the games uh, of the guests we had on Manchester, you know, playing against uh, Keensburg, uh, Holmdel, and Asbury Park, and then Brick. <clears throat> Excuse me, heading over to Barnegat. So some big division games, probably some games in there that maybe don't look 
huge right now, but I'm sure the results can come in on Thursday and Friday night and change that. Yeah, I just look at last week, like Tom's River East and Tom's River yes. South. I think those were two results that mm-hmm. you know jumped out at people that maybe going into the week you didn't think like, oh, that that's a big game or for that division or whatever. So yeah, every week in these divisions, the margin is so razor thin. Again, we have Shore Regional and Ocean. I yeah. think that's another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, another, but this, these are the separation games where we start being like, okay, it's looking like it's going to be this team versus that team yeah. for the division title. You start looking ahead. Like if they didn't play, we're like, all right, when's that game? Yep. You know, the drill. Yep. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, thanks again to our guests, to Manchester head coach, Tommy Farrell, Holmdel head coach, Jeff Rainis, brick head coach, Lenz Adanowitz. Of course, thank you to our sponsor, varsity link, the athlete social media network. Check out those guys, varsitylink.com. Download the app the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Uh, those guys are doing some great things over there, really looking to advance the way athletes can combine social media with uh, some of their measurables and stats to help them get recruited. So big shout-out to those guys for helping us put this out each and every week. We'll be back next week you know, with you know, some more coaches and you know, wrapping up some of the stuff that happened, uh, which surely will be an eventful week three. So for Scott Stump, I'm Bob Batters. Thank you for watching and listening to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network.